You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. Every week, myself and my co-host, Dr. Mike, um, soon to be Dr. Scott, will uh, come to you with the most uh, uh, informative uh, information regarding health care news and health care information that you need so that you can preserve uh, the doctor-patient relationship and you can fight for your health care freedom. This show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is uh, the only physician-led health care think tank in the country. Um, go to our website, www.d4pcfoundation.org, and uh, why don't you uh, kick off the new year, 2020, with a uh, gift to the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is tax deductible so you don't have to wait until the end of the year to make that tax deductible um, donation we need your help constantly throughout the year this is going to be a very important year uh, for health care and we need to continue to be able to do the work that we do so please um, go to our website read all the stories that you'll see on there and uh, uh, make sure that uh, uh, you know what's happening in health care and if you um, are, uh, you know, if you agree with the positions that we're uh, advocating for, you need to show your support. So please gener- uh, give a generous donation. No amount is too small. No amount certainly is too big. Hell, uh, I hate to butt in. No, I don't because uh, people need to know. I, I've, uh, I think it was fantastic to find out and get a uh, – get information from you all about 2019 and the fact that the public is finding out the public is doing something about it and the public is appreciating all the efforts the time and energy that all of you that are involved with docs for patient care have put in and the trips that you paid for and the times you've gone to testify and gone to speak with the president and everything else and I just want to compliment you. You all, I, I'm not sure that you all have just done it, and it's just fantastic. And you started from scratch, as they say, and and uh, you've itched that place, evidently, but you all have done a fantastic job. Well, David, thank you so much for saying that. You know, we really don't look for any credit, and that's, that's you know, just what we are committed to uh, do because we feel very strongly about uh, trying to do right by our patients and uh, not only educate them so that they can um, have a voice for themselves in in, in uh, politics and in the public arena, but also to do whatever we can to try to uh, uh, change. Um, policy, influence policy to uh, uh, make a difference so that we can improve health care for all Americans. And I have to say that we've really um, had a, a tremendous impact on this whole process. Um, many of the um, executive orders that President Trump has, uh, has uh, written, has, has put forth, um, have been uh, um, in, in large part influenced by our ability to get information to him so that he can um, uh, 
enact his his agenda, which is to help everybody with regard to their health care. And we'll talk a lot about that in today's show. But before we, but I want to thank you for for saying those those incredibly uh, nice things about the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, about the work that all of us in the foundation are doing, and we certainly appreciate. This platform on America's Web Radio um, to be able to inform the public about what is happening in healthcare because they're not getting this information from the mainstream media. This is uh, there. There are such incredible um, uh, achievements that have occurred in healthcare this year under the Trump administration that nobody's hearing about. But you'll hear about them today because I'm going to give a recap in today's show about what health care issues have um, taken place in 2019. And if we have time at the end of the uh, broadcast, hope to uh, just um, touch on what we expect to see in 2020. Um, I would love to... Um, uh, take a moment and thank our audience for uh, tuning in to um, um, to America's Web Radio and to the doc uh, the Doctors Lounge specifically. Um, there are a few changes that will be occurring in 2020. Dr. Mike will be um, uh, concentrating on podcasts um, and stepping away from his regular. Um, radio show every other week, which he um, alternates with me, and in his place, we'll uh, um, we'll have Dr. Scott Barber, who has been a, uh, a real healthcare warrior, along with me, uh, take. Dr. Mike's place in the doctor's lounge, and and uh, if you've heard Dr. Scott uh, on our show before, he is an absolute dynamo, and uh, he has the same level of commitment that I and all of our other doctors in the Docs for Patient Care Foundation have uh, shown over the last decade plus. Um, that Dr. Scott will be um, stepping into the lounge. In uh, the beginning of February, so what? So listen regularly and uh, 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 and watch for his uh, show coming up. Uh, and I say watch because not only can you hear this show, but you can also watch it on our uh, podcasts live or um, uh, the ones that will appear after the show. And you can see us live on our Facebook channel um, and also on our YouTube channel. So please uh, tune in and tell your friends uh, to tune in because this is going to be a very important year in healthcare, and everybody needs to be informed. All hands need to be on deck for this year. Finally, I'd like to wish everybody who is listening to this show a very happy and a healthy and a productive 2020. There's uh, a lot of uh, good that's happening, despite the fact that the media would like you to believe otherwise. Um, America is back. We are doing great things, and uh, this is in no small part because of the efforts of our president, who really is uh, um, fo- he is uh, following through on the promises that he's made to America, and uh, healthcare is a, a big part of that promise that he has made to the country. May so, I interrupt one more time? Go ahead, David. 
I want to add to that. I think, yes, our president has done a fantastic job of doing what he said he was going to do. A lot of folks don't realize this, and uh, you you probably do better than than I do uh, since you've been to the White House many more times than I have. But our president and first lady behind the scenes are really a team. She is very, very supportive, and uh, she has done a heck of a job not only in the White House and bringing it back to a class and elegant our house and with dignity, but she also has worked in the school bullying thing. Have you heard a lot about that on the mainstream no, media? Nothing. You have hear you, nothing about about the accomplishments of our First Lady. And have you heard anything on our mainstream media about her taking on, and she's the one that brought it to uh, the president, about the uh, vaping. And uh, she's she's now heading up some type of thing on on uh, child vaping or well, this is a big this people. is a big issue that the president has taken on um, he's uh, taken on these companies that are marketing to children and who are uh, trying to claim that vaping is safer <laughs> than than cigarette smoking which uh, is is um, possibly true but still there's dangers in vaping and and it should not be looked at as a um, as as a safe alternative. It is uh, it is just as dangerous. Uh, and uh, the president and the first lady have uh, made this um, a a uh, one of their causes to uh, try to put an end to this, especially with regard to children. So so you're a hundred percent right, David. The media, the mainstream media, not th- this is media, and you're hearing about the uh the good things that they do through social media and other other um non um mainstream sources because they are really doing great things you certainly don't hear about any of their of the healthcare um uh, improvements the healthcare uh the strides that we've made in healthcare and I'm going to go ahead and uh go through a list of what has happened in 2019 in no particular chronological order um so uh, you know I think that um most of the uh improvements have actually um centered around executive orders that the president has signed um he has signed um, numerous uh, executive orders with regard to um, tra- health care transparency. Um, he uh, signed an executive order that mandates hospitals and, uh, in, and uh, uh, insurers to uh, uh, show what their prices are. He um, has uh, signed an executive order that has uh, promoted direct primary care. Um, direct primary care, as the regular listeners to this program know, is one of the um, uh, key um, elements of the do- uh, Docs for Patient Care agenda. It is the solution to health care uh, issues regarding coverage. It it offers um, uh, more affordable and better health care for individuals. And um, what uh, has happened in 2019 through an executive order is that the president has allowed the use of uh, uh, people's uh, people to use their health savings accounts 
to pay for direct primary care services. And this is, you know, a tremendous uh, step in promoting um, health care, personalized health care, which uh, you've heard me talk about on this show as well, and we'll talk about that hopefully in the last segment if we have time. Um, in regard to price transparency, there was the issue with surprise medical billing, which which uh, is a big issue. And we have to take a break right now. We'll get right back into a recap of 2019 health care um, improvements or health care uh, uh, issues that have come up when we get back into the next segment. So please stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge. Today we're talking about the health care issues that um, happened in 2019, um, mostly good, some bad. Um, one that was uh, bad was the surprise medical billing. Um, people have uh, uh, received health, when they've received health care, many people have uh, received a bill from a doctor um, who they thought was part of their uh, insurance, and then they've uh, received a medical bill uh, that uh, often comes from an anesthesiologist or from an emergency room, and it is because many doctors um, have uh, not been able to participate in insurance plans, um, either because the rates that the insurers are offering are too low or they've been... um, They've had their contracts uh, terminated by insurers, and so uh, they are no longer participating in some plans, and yet patients go to hospitals, and they find that that when they've gotten care for something that they thought was covered, they would get a bill from a doctor who was not part of that, and that's what's referred to as surprise medical billing. And there's been a big effort to try to stop this practice, and it was bipartisan and bicameral, but unfortunately, um, the uh, plan that was put through by Congress really was um, uh, unfair to 
doctors, actually, who were giving care, and it favored insurance companies and allowed them the opportunity to drop doctors and to uh, to uh, offer uh, uh, no solution to the surprise medical billing. They The insurers were looking to be able to uh, um, lower the reimbursements to doctors um, through this legislation. And so, so um, it really stalled because the, uh, the Congress failed to uh, um, uh, address the problem of, uh, of what to do beca- when insurance companies drop doctors and not allow the insurance companies to be able to uh, start to ratchet down reimbursement. So this is something that was a bad thing in 2019 that needs to be addressed, and President Trump is uh, committed to putting an end to surprise medical billing, and and we will uh, see what happens in 2020. This will be something to look for in uh, this coming year uh, from the Trump administration. Um, another um, uh, event that happened in 2019 was a pilot program, again originating from the White House, uh, to import foreign prescription drugs to this country, mostly from Canada. Um, This is to try to uh, curb the runaway prescription drug costs that patients are finding is uh, just eating them alive. And um, this, like many of the other executive orders, have been stalled in the court system. Uh, This is something that uh, many of the um, improvements in health care we won't see right away because of challenges from special interests in the courts. The special interests that, of course, are challenging this executive order or this pharmaceutical industry who uh, um, views importing drugs from other countries as a uh, threat to their um, to their profits. And in Pharmaceutical companies, as well as insurance companies, have reported record profits in uh, in 2019, and uh, this there's obviously something very wrong um, when that occurs. And just in uh, the Wall Street Journal on uh, December 31st, they were looking at performance of uh, of sectors uh, in 2019. And uh, even though it ranked um, in the bottom third of the uh, sectors in this country um, with regard to uh, performance, healthcare still had a healthy increase in, in their performance in 2019, increasing 18.3% compared with the tech sec- sector, uh, which um, had a 47 percent increase in their S&P performance. But these companies that are healthcare companies that reported an 18 percent uh, profit are all publicly traded companies in the healthcare sector. The, these are dollars that are are being sucked away from patients and uh, are. Um, and are being uh, diverted to companies that are profiting from uh, health care. 
and uh, so the the uh, drug industry is a is a major part of that healthcare sector, and uh, the Trump administration sought to uh, um, help patients by allowing them to get their drugs from com- countries where healthcare. Um, is regulated specifically drug pricing because the cunt, the different countries where they have uh, a uh, socialized healthcare system caps how much a pharmaceutical company can charge, and so pharmaceutical companies use uh, America as their piggy bank to uh, make up for the. Um, the profits that they have to leave on the table in other countries. So this is stalled in the courts because of that. Certificate of Need is another uh, um, uh, 2019 development. Florida eliminated their Certificate of Need law, um, which is the first uh, state to do so in the last four years. Um, a lot of that is is likely because um, of... Uh, uh, health, uh, the the um, uh, the um, in, uh, Hospital uh, Corporation of America (HCA), which uh, has ties to the former governor, and they wanted a uh, a road to compete in Florida, and I suspect that that had a lot to do with the um, this overturning of the CON laws, but. There are chinks in the armor. In Georgia, um, Cancer Treatment Centers of America um, has uh, uh, gotten uh, the foot in the door or the camel's nose under the tent, if you will, um, to uh, um, make inroads into expanding their care. Uh, They were limited um, in their original charter um, by certificate of need laws, and they were able to um, effectively uh, challenge this and and get that uh, changed, and that threatens the whole certificate of need law in the the state of uh, Georgia. Um, There are other battleground uh, states, uh, Tennessee, um, North Carolina. Uh, uh, these, are, these are states that are challenging things. Um, in Michigan, uh, there, uh, the certificate of need laws um, have uh, 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 effectively um, uh, hurt patients by limiting cancer centers um, that uh, are trying to offer um, T cell therapy. Uh, these are this is immune therapy for cancer patients. Um, there's uh, some therapy that has been effective in uh, treating certain cancers, and uh, it's available commercially. And other um, uh, centers want to uh, be able to offer this, but the existing cancer centers in Michigan um, are putting a, a roadblock in place based on certificate of need laws, and this is limiting the availability of this treatment to patients in Michigan. So um, here we have a, a clear example of how the certificate of need laws in a state are actually harming patients. And the more this happens and the more stories that we have to tell, the faster these um certificate of need laws, which are anti-competition laws that benefit hospitals, will uh, come tumbling down. When the certificate of need laws go away, 
then health care prices will come down because of increased competition. And we've seen this happen in states that have eliminated their certificate of need laws. Uh, um, other executive orders that have had an impact on health care in 2019, right to try legislation. Um, this is supported by the Trump administration. Uh, the president signed federal legislation in 2018 regarding right to try. What does that mean? It means that if um, there is a, a, a promising treatment that is available in Europe, in Israel, in Asia, they, where there has been um, uh, some uh, improvement in patients' um, health with serious problems, whether that might be um, cancer or Alzheimer's or, um, or some other problem, diabetes, um, these drugs or other treatments are being held up in the United States because of the Food and Drug Administration, because it is so bloated and so bogged down that on average it takes about 12 years to get a treatment to be approved by the FDA. Well, this there are interest groups, not in a negative way but in a positive way, patient support groups that have um, that have uh, lobbied to try to get certain drugs or certain treatments available to patients who are in dire need of these treatments who have absolutely no other alternatives. This is what's meant by right to try. And there's legislation that's been passed but has been held up because of the Food and Drug Administration. And so the um, uh, legislation is being passed in different states. It's already federal legislation, but it's being held up, and states are trying to get around the federal challenge to this um, to this uh, law that has been signed by President Trump to uh, try to get around the uh, bloated Food and Drug Administration. And we've seen that happen in North Carolina, and it's happening in other states. And so we will see this uh, accelerate in 2020 as uh, more uh, innovative treatments um, are uh, produced in different countries and as there is more of a groundswell, more of a grassroots effort to support the right to try legislation. Hal, could, could I ask a question here? How do, putting the jigsaw puzzle together, I just had a very close friend that I'd mentioned to you in the past that had cancer, and how does this right to try and the health institute? How do because they had to go through the health institute to get a drug treatment for right, or right, try it? Right. So how does all of that? Well, in the past, they've had to get a um, an exemption to uh, to to allow a drug to be able to be uh, used and and they still have to get that exemption even with um, right to try legislation but what um, this legislation is intended to do is to um, help streamline that process and make it possible for 
patients who have um, some serious um, medical problem to be able to get potentially life-saving or life-altering treatments without having to go through this this absolutely bloated process where it takes forever to get it approved. And we've got it just a, another minute or so before our break. So let me just tell you another executive order that was signed in 2019, and that had to do with kidney health. And the president has taken an active role in being an advocate for um, kidney disease, which affects one in seven adults. And there are over 500,000 individuals on dialysis in 2018. And this Kidney Health Initiative is three-pronged. It's aimed at prevention of kidney disease through education, treatment, which is improved access to dialysis, and uh, the third part of this is is modernizing the the, donor system, which is very, very difficult. There's not enough donor kidneys, and, and that, uh, that's been a uh, death sentence for so many patients in this country. The president has taken an active role in trying to uh, take the lead in improving this very uh, important silent killer, but something that affects more people than uh, most uh, uh, individuals realize. So we're going to take a break right now, and I'm going to continue on 2019 healthcare stories when we come back. So stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, we're back in the doctor's lounge. We're covering 2019 healthcare stories. I'm going to try to go a little faster so that I can get into some, get everything on here because this list is so exhaustive. Um, many of this is uh, based on good stuff that's coming out of the White House. Some of it is just simply facts. Here's a fact: Obamacare um, is um, is failing. Uh, the uh, Texas has uh, filed a uh, the the attorney general of Texas filed a suit that is moving through the courts they're at the uh, um, 
the appeals court level federally to try to get Obamacare declared unconstitutional. If you remember back, way back when um, Chief Justice Roberts um, cast the deciding vote that said that Obamacare was was um, justifiable, was legal, because the it was a tax because the mandate to buy insurance included a penalty. You'll recall that there were a lot of people who were very upset. Well, what happened is that President Trump got rid of the penalty. And so without a penalty, you can hardly say that this is now a tax. If there's no penalty and no tax, then this whole um, uh, ability to uh, compel people to buy insurance is unconstitutional, and hence Obamacare is unconstitutional. And 19 other states have joined that lawsuit with Texas, and it is moving through the courts. And um, we will, you know, hope that um, that it will get back to the Supreme Court. And uh, this time, they will. Uh, uh, they don't really have any any uh, alternative without it. Uh, this this argument that they had before to allow it to stand, um, well, they will have to strike it down. Um, let's talk about um, Obamacare and unsubsidized individuals. You know, Obamacare succeeds because the government is paying for people to um, to be able to receive the the be able to pay for the premiums on the Obamacare exchanges. Well, people are fleeing those exchanges between 2016 and 2018. Two and a half million. Uh, unsubsidized people dropped out. That's a 40% decline. And um, over the last um, uh, two years, we don't have 2019 numbers yet, but over the last two years, the premiums on the exchange plans have increased. In 2017, they increased by 21%. In 2018, they increased by an additional 26%. So if you are not paying, if you're not getting paid, not getting subsidized by the federal government, you cannot afford to pay the premiums on Obamacare because they promise everything and the insurance companies are passing those costs along to the the individuals. So if the government isn't paying for it, individuals are. So that's a big reason why a lot of people are dropping out of Obamacare. But you want to hear the the dirty little secret about why so many people are dropping out of Obamacare, it's because they don't qualify for Obamacare anymore. In order to qualify for premiums, you have to make um, up to four times the poverty um, level. So the poverty level is about $20,000. So if you make... Um, uh, nine, I think it's a little more than twenty. So, if you are making ninety-six thousand um, dollars or less, you qualify for some premium assistance. But you know what happened in twenty nineteen? The economy got better. People started making more money. They didn't qualify anymore for Obamacare premiums because they're take home pay improved. So you know what the best way to get people off of Obamacare and off of Medicaid? It's to help them make more money. And that's what the Trump administration's economy has done in 2019. The lowest 
um, unemployment figures for the black population, the Hispanic population, for women, for every demographic group. And so when people's um, take-home pay increases, they no longer qualify for Obamacare premiums. That's why people have dropped off. Likewise, for Medicaid. Medicaid um, roles have have diminished because um, because people are making more money, and so um, Obamacare. Um, ha- I'm sorry, but the um, in states where um, there was Obamacare um, expansion, even in those states where there are more people who are eligible. Um, for, for Medicaid, those numbers went down because they're making more money. And I'll get back to that in just a few minutes. Um, in 2019, um, the cost of employer health plans were, rose faster than wages and inflation. So um, the cost of an employer health care plan rose 8% for a family plan and 4% for an individual plan. Wages only went up 3.4% and inflation increased 2%. So, so healthcare is getting more expensive in the model that we have. And this is not uh, sustainable for employers or for individuals. And uh, just, just as a point of reference, over the past five years, people who had a family health plan saw their increase their responsibility um, for their health care plan. This is what they had to pay in addition to what the employer was paying, went up 22%. Over the last 10 years, that went up 54%. So the average out-of-pocket for a, a person who is working, who gets their health care from their employer, was still $6,000. That's a substantial increase. In 2020, we can expect that number to continue to increase, and it's expected to increase about 6% or an, an additional um, $500 um, in 2020 for the average out-of-pocket uh, um, employed person. So let's talk about um, a few other executive orders in 2019 that the president signed that have been um, impactful for health care. He signed an executive order on Medicare, which allows people who are getting, uh, who are on Medicare Advantage, those are people who purchase a, a supplemental um, Medicare plan through an insurance company, he's allowed those people um, to use, the, use medical savings accounts to be able to pay for um, that money on, uh, that would be out-of-pocket expenses in, um, in uh, uh, Medicare Advantage plans. He um, has signed an executive order that has um, um, made it um, mandatory for hospitals and insurers to disclose prices to the public. Um, Hospitals must disclose their negotiated prices 
um, with specific insurers that uh, would be for um, companies that have at least 300 medical services that would be considered shoppable so that people can compare prices. And this actually is a policy that did not come from President Trump. It came from President Obama's Affordable Care Act because there's a provision in that law that requires hospitals to make public a list of the uh, services, of the standard charges for the services that they provide. It's just never been enforced. President Trump is is trying to bolster Obamacare by by uh, making uh, making this provision of Obamacare uh, mandatory. Unfortunately, like all the other executive orders, it's being challenged in the courts by special interests. Who are those special interests? The American Hospital Association, um, the AHIP, the American Health Insurer uh, plan, um, Plans. Um, the, they are they are pushing back. Um, because they are, they want the status quo to remain. They uh, are making record profits, and uh, anything that uh, helps patients hurts their their um, profitability. And yet, we know for a fact when hospitals like Oklahoma Surgical Center in Oklahoma City, when they publish their prices. It just makes it better for all, and uh, they, Doctor Woods, has done an incredible job. Well, you know that, that's that's uh, uh, Keith Keith Smith. Smith, I'm sorry, what right? Did I say right, Keith Smith. He, yeah, yeah, he he is. This is this is um, clearly, you know, the answer, which is a free market, um, price transparent system, uh, where people um, can uh, get health care. At an affordable rate, because we have proven that healthcare is not expensive. It's all the fat that's in the system that drives up the price of healthcare. Because the price of healthcare goes up, the price of insurance goes up, and it's all tied together. And hospitals um, are fighting this through certificate of need laws. And um, this is a house of cards that is beginning to crumble. And um, we um, should expect in 2020 to see more um, transparency as these court um, battles are lost because um, the special interests cannot prevail forever um, when um, there is a coalition of patients and um, other special interests, namely the business community, who are footing the bill for all of this and uh, propping up these special interests. Um, Let me tell you a few. People think that President Trump is trying to destroy health care. You hear or destroy Obamacare. You hear people say, well, Obamacare would succeed if President Trump was not trying to derail it. Well, what people don't realize, because of course, it's not getting any press, is that 
it's recognized that a lot of people are still getting their health care through Obamacare, but they can't afford it if they don't qualify for premium support, like I've said earlier, or they don't have access to a health care plan in their state because the um, exchanges in some states are so narrow that there are no choices. Some counties in this country have absolutely no providers on the health care exchange. So let me tell you what President Trump has done to help Obamacare. What President Trump has done is he has allowed insurance companies to offer short-term health care plans, which Obama, the Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, made illegal after 30 days. Now, the um, the Trump administration has allowed these plans to uh, uh, people to get these plans for a year, and it's renewable up to three years. So people can actually get catastrophic coverage with a health care plan that they can customize something that they want, something that they need, not what the government is telling them. He's also allowed for association health plans. He's allowed for um, businesses to allow um, money to be put away so that people can pay for their premiums on the Obamacare exchange. And he's allowed for waivers that allow states to redirect money to finance care for expensive health conditions, which are, quote, the high-risk pools. And I'm going to, I don't know if we'll have time to talk about 2020, because I still have 2019 issues that I want to talk about, but stay with us, and I'll wrap up some of the 2019 health care events that have taken place. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. So we're back in the doctor's lounge. We're talking about 2019 healthcare developments, and a lot has happened in 2019, much of it through executive orders through the Trump administration. The president is committed to health care and has demonstrated that commitment in signing numerous executive orders. In the last segment, I brief, briefly ran through a few that have actually um, been directed at helping people who were on Obamacare exchanges. Um, 
association health plans, short-term insurance policies, health um, reimbursement accounts that allows um, businesses to put aside money so that those individuals can use that money any way that they see fit for health care uh, expenses. And one of them is to pay for Obamacare um, premiums. Um, finally, um, the approval of waivers um, in states to establish uh, high-risk pools. And states that have been permitted to do this actually saw the premiums on the Obamacare exchanges decrease by 8%. So those people who are um, falsely reporting that President Trump is uh, trying to uh, destroy Obamacare, he's not doing it. It's doing it to itself. And he's trying to create ways to give a soft landing to people who are dependent on it while he uh, strives to um, uh, significantly alter the health care environment through um, other actions, most of which have been held up in the courts. Um the Republican Study Committee came up with a framework in 2019 for revamping health care, which is based on three points. It's based on health care, insurance, portability, a uh, President Trump um, issue, um, protecting vulnerable populations, which is something that I've just discussed uh, with regard to high-risk pools, and expanding access to innovative care. Um, so what... Um, this plan, uh, the big part of what the Republican Study Committee plan uh, proposes is expanding the use of health savings accounts to individuals who do not receive their health care through an employer-based insurance model. And that would allow people to put away money into a, uh, a health savings account tax uh, free and use that for health care um, purposes, not up up to nine thousand dollars for an individual and eighteen thousand for a family. Of course, this plan would never get passed in a divided Congress, and so um, this plan has been put forth by the Republican Study Committee to try to uh, al- offer an alternative to the public other than the uh, one-size-fits-all government-run health care plan proposed by presidential candidates, uh, the Medicare for All plan, which um, would take away all choice from individuals and put it into the hands of the federal government. So the contrast is a, uh, a, is a fairly... Uh, 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 stark one, and it's something that uh, people need to consider at the polls in November. In 2019, some states have instituted Medicaid work rules. Now, Indiana has had those in place, but they have been challenged. States that have put these um, forth um, in 2019 include Arizona and uh, Kentucky and New Hampshire. These have been supported by the Trump administration, but of course, they've met resistance in, this, in the federal courts, um, groups saying that it's unconstitutional or unfair to uh, require work requirements 
for people to receive Medicaid benefits or Medicare, not Medicare, but Medicaid benefits. Um, in fact, um, the, these these uh, states that are implementing these rules um, are requiring individuals who are able-bodied adults to uh, have to uh, show that they have uh, tried to get work. And in this environment with record employment and, and uh, record low unemployment, getting a job is not as difficult as it was in the past. And so trying to tie Medicaid to trying to get a job is something that um, is uh, being uh, uh, seen as an important uh, um, uh, step in uh, personal responsibility, but yet is being met with resistance at the uh, court level. Tennessee... um, is the uh, first state to implement uh, Medicaid block grants. They're putting the final touches on this, which will allow the state to uh, uh, oversee their Medicaid system as they see fit and to work with the federal government at uh, trying to um, uh, restrain runaway Medicaid spending. Part of this block grant would be to allow the state to keep money that they're able to save and roll it into the next year. Part of it would be if there's um, unforeseen expenses because of increased enrollment in Medicaid, the federal government will not hold the state responsible. And this is something that is, I think, a model for um, for responsible Medicaid programs in uh, different states. And every state's different, and every state can run their Medicaid system the way they see fit. But this is a, a very important step in trying to get a handle, get a hold of uh, runaway Medicaid costs. That, coupled with... Um, work requirements is going to uh, be how uh, one way to uh, try to uh, change the cost curve with regard to um, spending and, and in Medicaid. Um, the Trump administration has taken steps to uh, lessen restrictions, uh, the um, the bureaucratic burden on physicians that have been restrained from being able to offer um, better value to patients because of stark laws, which are self-referral laws, or federal anti-kickback statutes, which have been very strict in um, preventing physicians from um, referring patients to um, to uh, uh, health care centers that they may have a a uh, interest in you know this these laws in the past were put in place because it was um, perceived that doctors were unscrupulous and they were making uh, too much money sending patients to these centers where they would profit well the reality is that doctors are able to save patients um, uh, money and um, 
and uh, it, by referring them to uh, their own centers and bundling this, they're actually improving um, the the care as well as saving patients money. And this is a value based care initiative that uh, has has um, uh, been supported by the Trump administration. An- another. Uh, executive order that uh, has met substantial um, resistance is site neutrality for reimbursement of medical services. Um, it's been challenged by the American Hospital Association and the American Association of American Medical Colleges. And um, what this means is that these sites cannot, um, teaching hospitals, um, private hospitals, are getting reimbursed more for the same services than um, uh, a physician would get reimbursed in their own private uh, clinic. So this is one of the reasons why doctor practices are being bought up by hospitals because they are able to get higher reimbursement for those services if uh, they are being performed in the hospital. And um, that's completely, it's just it's a boondoggle that are harming patients in their pocketbook. Um, and they may not even be aware that uh, a physician that they're going to is uh, owned by a hospital and that these costs that they're paying at that doctor are substantially higher than if they were not owned by the hospital. And so there's been an effort by the Trump administration <coughs> to try to curb this um, this uh, policy of, of uh, reimbursing for uh, the same services differently. Um, it's called site neutrality. Unfortunately, it's met with a tremendous amount of resistance. So I didn't get a chance to really go over the 2020 uh, predictions. We'll talk about that the next time on the next show when I come back to you. So, so uh, I, um, I hope that uh, you uh, can see that there was a lot of good that happened in healthcare in 2019. Most of it as a result of a president that's been committed to healthcare but receives absolutely no credit from the mainstream media. Um, 2020 should be a much more um, uh, positive year than 2019 um, for patients, um, provided that we take the right steps at the ballot box. So uh, uh, wish you all a happy, uh, happy new year once again. Thank you for being with us. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.